everybody. Welcome back to Afros and Comics. Wow. You know what I'm saying again. I'm saying again. You failed miserably. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. <clears throat> okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Afros and Combo. Okay, you can't do it. Cookie, we need you back. Saying, how is everybody doing? Cookie, that was cookie come back to oh, us, please. Wait, okay. well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Afros and Combos. How it, I thought she doing? says, hey, everybody. It's Afros and Combos. Welcome back. She no, says, she says, hey, everybody, welcome back to Afros and Convos. I know that one part. Well, in case y'all can't tell, Cookie not here. <laughs> we struggling. We struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Just to do the intro. <laughs> Cookie's not here. She off on her vacation with her boo. Hey. And, hey. you know, we support that. However, the struggle is real. Um, <laughs> because she, you know... We, we we just we understand her value, especially in her absence. Yes. So uh like and subscribe to the podcast. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, check us and out combos. on IG. Afros oh. and combos. Afros and combos. Check us out on social media. Af- IG. <laughs> she said something about IG. Afros and combos. Email <laughs> us. <laughs> At afrosandcombos at gmail.com. Wonderful. All right. And check out the website uh, at afrosandcombos.com. Uh-huh. How is everybody doing? <laughs> you cheered me up with that terrible introduction. So I'm good. <laughs> I'm good as well. How you doing, uh, stand-in cookie? I, you know, I'm struggling, as <laughs> I have already explained. Um. Oh, y'all didn't say who y'all are. It's Drea. Oh, I see everything thrown off. It's Kika. Hey, y'all. It's Camille. Okay. So, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that has been all over social media that everybody has been talking about recently. It is the Netflix docu-series. Was it a docu Yeah. Yeah. Limited series. just said limited series. I know it was there for sure. Mm-hmm. The Netflix limited series, High on the Hog. And... Leading this episode will be Kika. No, oh, that's wrong. It's gonna be Camille. <laughs> you okay, sis? No, I. Uh, so Camille, take it away. <laughs> uh, well, I'm so excited to talk about High on the Hog. Um, yeah. first off, y'all even know what High on the Hog uh, means and where this the motivation for the docu series or the limited series came from. Never heard that phrase a day in my life. What? You never heard the phrase high on the hog? Like she, they live high on the hog. Nah. Like really? when he said when he asked the lady in one of the ep- when he asked the lady in one of the episodes, I was like, Yeah. And he, yeah, I've never heard it at all. I didn't even know it was a thing. I just thought they randomly called it that. Maybe that's a country phrase, because I definitely grew up hearing it. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, like if somebody living high on the hog, that mean they like they like they're doing well. Yeah, like they, you know. Oh, see, I guess I well, I didn't, I didn't understand the explanation because I thought he was saying they had to eat all the extra parts of the hog because they didn't. I don't know what I thought he meant, but it definitely went that. Yeah, yeah. They living high on the hog. That mean they they doing well. They're doing well for themselves. Wow, that gives a lot more context to the title. That's cool. 
after you watch the whole thing, you still don't know what it means. She was no. all this cute. <laughs> I loved it though. But um, I didn't understand the origin of that, like because so the hog is the best pork apparently, and then the upper parts of the hog are the best of the best. So that's why, yeah, apparently according that's why that's where the phrase "high on the hog" came from. So before you guys watch the series, did you have any expectations? And what even made you want to watch this in the first place? Um, for me, I just saw it all over social media. I think uh, Cookie and Dre have mentioned it. And then I was like, oh, okay. Because usually when people talk about shows, I never really get sucked into it. But I started seeing it everywhere being posted by the gamut of friends on social media and then just people that I followed. And I was like, huh, okay. And then Dre and, Cook and y'all kept talking about it more. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll check it out when I, you know, have a little leisure time. Watch that first episode, hooked. Yeah, I saved it um, to my, I don't remember what it's called on Netflix, watch list or whatever. Um, pretty much as soon as it came out, I, because when I read, not just the title, How on the Hawk, that didn't catch my attention, but the little subtitle, mm-hmm. How African-American Cuisine Transformed America. I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. that that might be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, my expectations were very different than what it actually turned out to be, but it was just that little subtitle that really captured my attention, which is what made me want to watch it. Um, and then, yeah, Cookie kind of put it on as like a background show, but then we were just completely sucked in and engulfed. Mm. Yeah, for me, I watched a preview when it popped up as new, and the preview looked so good. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was wondering how they were going to tie, because it's, it's, you saw cultural elements. of You saw he went to Africa, then you saw he was in... Um, like the South, and I wanted to see how he tied it together, and I was like, and it had to do with black people, so I was sold. It was on my list. I actually started the first episode and then paused it and fell asleep, but after I got into it, it was really good. Nice. Okay. So, do you all relate to any of the dishes noted in the docuseries or the limited series, and were any of these dishes made in your home? Um, yes. So, um, I, what was really powerful about the documentary was how it connected the diaspora, um, from Africa to, excuse me, America. Um, that's something that I've been of recent, very, uh, interested in learning more about. So seeing that done through food was super exciting and just seeing like you know I think a lot of people just kind of categorize Africa as one unit as opposed to the multi um, nations that are within the you know Africa and so even to see how even in the differences of countries there are similarities in foods that are eaten so um, they touched a little bit on Nigeria but just kind of seeing them a lot of the dishes were heavily peanut butter, which I didn't grow up. I had peanut soup a few times growing up, but not a lot. But just seeing the, you know, things that were made from yams and cassava and the pound of yam with the soup combinations and the rice and um, okra and seeing all those dishes be made 
um, when they were in Benin. It was very reminiscent of me growing up and eating a lot of those Nigerian dishes and even the Nigerian dishes that I cook now. So it was really cool to see that and then see that translated to um, Black American dishes. But yeah. Yeah, so I could relate to, honestly, well... Honestly, I mean, pretty much all of the dishes once they once they got to America. Um, <laughs> I mean, some of the some of the dishes when he was in Africa were uh, familiar, or even like when they were talking about the difference between like a yam mm-hmm. and a sweet potato mm-hmm. and um, that whole conversation. I mean, of course, I could absolutely relate to that. And like you were saying, like a lot of like peanut based things or like G nuts. I had some of those things when I was in Africa, but it was, it's it's definitely not like a traditional, this makes me think of childhood kind of dish. (laughs) But once I got to America, then I mean, yes, of course, everything was pretty much like, I was just really shocked and blown away by how many staple dishes were so heavily influenced by black people or Mm -hmm. basically kind of originated in this country by being brought over Mm. by black people. And yeah, so there of course were multiple dishes throughout from the barbecue to the mac and cheese to the rice to, I mean, just like everything. Yeah. Yeah, same for me, Drea. It was really nostalgic. I was like, oh, man, yeah, whoo. And then, like, seeing how they, they cooked everything outside, I was like, well, we love some barbecue. We Like, even though it wasn't barbecue, it was um, reminiscent of barbecue for some things. And then that reminded me of the conversation I had with you, Drea, of how when you were in Africa during uh, the world race, the similarities of African and African-American, you were just like, they was having cookouts too. And I was like, huh, where do we, we really mm-hmm. like to eat outside. But, and I also thought of you, Kika, because you always talk about the differences between African and African-American dishes. And this highlighted all the similarities. And I was just like, yeah. and even with, you were like, we don't do, you said one time, we don't do seasonal food or something. And I was just like, the mm-hmm. seasonal food comes from Africa because of the different grains and things that are available in the different seasons. So I was like, huh, yeah. this, is, this is really interesting. Yeah, which when he said that, I was just like, oh, okay. I It it, it manifests itself differently in the in that context than it does here. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that was, that was really interesting. There was some, yeah, the stuff that I learned, like even like how I don't, eat dessert and when he showed that even the african desserts were like culturally here would be more like a meal kind of a thing or even Mm -hmm. snacks so it was even just kind of it was just cool to see on camera and on video a lived experience in context of you know American setting and how over history how there's this thin line that connects all of it um and even in the differences and similarities and nuances of it so that was really really cool but yeah and then even in watching the documentary seeing because of how this aspect of our history hasn't been shared or hasn't been told I think it deepens the the, the divide between Africans um 
that are born in Africa and African Americans who were enslaved and brought here and you know we we were born here absolutely because um, I was like oh my god if this was told I wonder what that connection would be or what what our interactions would be like now yeah but another thing that was uh, that shook me was like when uh, they were talking about the different traditional like things that we consider American dishes now or things that were adopted from the French that were popularized here in America like mac and cheese like french fries and um, the popularization of ice cream that all of that was popularized by African Americans and I was like the mac and cheese? Really? I mean well we, we should all make a good mac and cheese though so that shouldn't shock me too much but the french fries like all of those things so how did y'all feel learning that many of the traditional American dishes like they came from the descendants of slaves well, pop, were popularized I mean I was very I had a I had a lot of I had a lot of different feelings Mm -hmm. um I I was very surprised um and then I also had like great pride in that but I was also very frustrated in low-key well no angry I think it's a very extreme I was mad I was hockey for how I felt but just very frustrated (laughs) well I I wasn't it kind of takes a lot to make me mad um but just at the revisionist history just that how am I you know a 32 year old yeah african-american woman who's not completely oblivious and unaware right like I actually put forth effort to be educated and and I didn't know these things how how are these things just presented in such even what blew my mind was well one of the things when they were talking about barbecue in Texas Uh and that barbecue was literally brought to Texas mm-hmm. by slaves that mm-hmm. came from West Tennessee mm-hmm. and brought that style of preparing meat to Texas and that is literally the origin of barbecue in Texas. When you think barbecue in Texas, for myself personally, black people are like 0% a part of that. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe a little bit because, you know, black people and black people barbecue, but when I think of the most prominent people doing barbecue and barbecue culture in Texas, it's not, I don't think black people, like I think black people, when I think more like Kansas city barbecue or when I think Memphis style barbecue, Mm -hmm. I think black people, but not Texas. And so just for the whole face of many different dishes and types of cuisine and influences and the whole thing about oysters and just so many things that have taken on such a facade that is completely separate or apart from black people. And then to find out that black people are so deeply rooted in the origins of it. Yeah. It was very frustrating. Yeah. I, um, I was all those things. I don't think I was angry, but I was definitely, I was really sad. 
even as Drea was talking, I was getting emotional over here again about it because more and more as we, the beauty of where we are right now is that we're seeing more black content than we've ever seen in our, in our lifetime. Um, and even historically in American context, but the, the, the counter to that is you're now, now at this point, things that have been hidden are coming to light. And so as I was watching this, you know, limited series, the thing that kept ringing in the back of my head is what else? What else Mm -hmm. has black people in America contributed to that they are the bedrock of that we don't know about? Um, And it, it, it is very upsetting for me um, to think that because it has bigger implications. We have a nation that, you know, still in many ways looks at black people as less than, um, and to a certain extent, there is a belief of it without understanding that the literal foundations of this nation were established and in many ways upheld by contributions of black people. And what I, I, what was also really encouraging about that to what you said, Camille, though, was that we're starting to hit against that narrative of Black history in America didn't start with slavery, which is why I appreciated him going to Africa to see, no, this is a descendant thing that has come down the line. But yeah, I was, I was, I was shocked. I was very, very saddened by it. And yeah, I just kept thinking like, if this is this is just food, right? We're not talking about inventions. We're not talking about, you know, things in education or policies or whatever. We're talking about food. Something you do in your kitchen that's not no like you know, known. And to know that there was so much that was wiped away, even with the former slave chef of was it Washington? Who um, they never had a history of any of the recipes he made, but somehow Washington's wife had this whole, you know, book of recipes that they now believe were probably the recipes of that actual chef. Like things like that. It's just like, like, are you kidding me? Like it was Which, honestly like that. There are certain things that you find out and you look back and you like, this should have smelled suspicious from the beginning yeah yeah because if if you have a chef or if the people in the kitchen who are cooking are black why in the world would we attribute any of the recipes that come out of your house to you you know what i mean this isn't the 1950s or the 60s where you know like the housewife is at home making all the meals like no the yeah. slaves was the ones in there cooking. Why in mm-hmm. the world should we? Why in the world should it ever have been believed that it was a recipe like that? Just don't even make sense. I mean, yeah. in the context of where we are now, we have the privilege of being able to. Th- well, I'm sure they thought that as well, but we have the privilege of being able to say that out loud and it means something. Then back yeah. then, I'm sure that chef was like, "You're literally stealing my work." But what he gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm saying like for it to come to now and yeah, it's like yeah. oh yeah that wasn't hers it's like duh, duh. like it should <laughs> exactly like it should have never really been believed that it was hers like yeah. that just doesn't even make sense yeah yeah no. 
But y'all, it made me mad. Uh, I had some of the similar sentiments as y'all, but I, I literally got upset because whoever controls the narrative, that they control the power. And to see like that one element of food, I was like, I am convinced that black people created everything here. Like, you can't tell me. I was like, because then we, there was a little, the, the rodeo, I was like, they yeah. took that from us. I was like, boy, we probably get lacrosse. That's probably ours. <laughs> like, I was just like, I believe that everything, every, almost everything in this country was created and developed by black people. Hands down, you, you, you would have to show me some hard evidence for me to believe differently. Because they had to control the narrative, to control the power, to keep us enslaved, to keep us in, to think that we are inferior. And then I thought about how those implications have impacted us today in society and will still impact generations after us. We're, we're in our 30s and we're just like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense that that came from a slave. Then yeah. I think about the direct descendants. Like old girl was joking in the kitchen when they was making mac and cheese, but she was like, uh, where are my royalties at? Yeah. Craft? Where where y'all get this from? Yeah. But that brings me to my next point. Cause um that financial aspect with that because we got this large wealth gap between whites and blacks in America, mainly because of slavery. How do you all feel about um, people of other cultures, mainly white, highlighting the accomplishments of blacks as well as profiting specifically from African-American cuisine? Um, it sucks. Um, don't like it. Um, like the whole South Carolina, was it South? Yeah, South Carolina, that whole gold rice thing with that white guy. I appreciate the fact that the host asked him that question because he easily could have let that moment slide. Because when he was fingering his hand through them gold rice, I was thinking in my head, "You, you, you just selling this rice like, <laughs> like because your your mama used to make this in the kitchen for you? Like where this come from though?" And I appreciate him asking like directly, like, "Do you feel some kind of way that you selling rice that used to be cultivated and would not exist if it wasn't for slaves?" And I think. I think he answered it the best way that he could. I think it was a cop-out answer, though. Like, just because you are giving, you don't benefit from it financially. You're running, I guess, as a nonprofit, and you're giving away proceeds. Does it negate the fact that there's a very real um, disservice done to the slaves that were the reasons why this rice even exists like he didn't say we educate about you know the history of it he didn't say we you know specifically are giving the profits to you know black communities and nah he was just kind of like yeah you know it's a thing uh it's in the past uh my mama made it really nicely so i just want to honor my mama i'm like that's crap um so I think it's all a part of the whole history of America, this unwillingness to um, really account for the atrocity of slavery and everything that came as a result of it. Like, mm -hmm. And as long as we stay in that space of an unwillingness to just call it what it is, we're going to continue to not only get history unearthed, 
that points to black contributions that were completely revised. We're also going to see how white people have profited greatly from that revisionist history. Like it's inevitable. And it's it's it adds on to the frustration of the fact that that's even a thing. But if we not if we're not gonna, you know, go there, then it's gonna continue to be a thing. And when black people boycott, they just gonna take Aunt Jemima off the bottle and Uncle Ben off the packet and think that's cool, but they still profiting off of contributions of black people. Um I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly. I think I have very mixed feelings. I just think, um, I just think in a lot of what, like I'm black and I didn't know this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I surely don't expect a 32 year old white girl to know this right mm-hmm. but if she loves food and wants to make the food that she grew up eating and then she opens this restaurant she makes this food i mean i don't i, I don't know i don't know i just think it's tricky because i think about what things that i like i like puzzles if i tomorrow decide to make to start a puzzle business I don't know the history and origin of puzzles, for real. <laughs> I mean, I don't. And if somebody comes talking about, well, you appropriating our culture because we started puzzles, I'm like, well, dang, I ain't know y'all started puzzles. I just know I like puzzles. You know what I'm saying? So to, to a certain, I mean, so then like, I mean, so I mean, I get, I get it. I, I'm not at all negating what you just said, Kika. Like, I 100%, I get that. Like, I get that it is problematic that our contributions and voices have been squashed for hundreds of years so that now we're at this place where because our voices have been squashed, we were not given power and the power resides with the people who did the squashing. And so now the profit resides with the people who did the squashing. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get that that is a very problematic thing. Um, but part of me also sees, I mean, that it's a, there are nuances to it. It's not, yeah. it's not super black and white. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think that it's a very complex issue that's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't fully know how to answer that question. That's a good space to be. I'm over here like, burn it all down. <laughs> Give us I the mean, money or but yeah, I agree with you, Dre. I definitely think it is more nuanced than that. But yeah. I see what you're saying, Dre. I, I do. I think that's beautiful. But <laughs> I looked at um I looked up one of the restaurants, the um Hatchet Hatchet Hall, I believe it's in LA. And I was like, oh, that looks really good. So they were knowledgeable of the origins of African Americans. And that's what they used to cook their food. And I was like, let me just look it up. I looked it up on Google. It had three stars. One, two, three. And if you if you look up Google when you're at different places, you know three stars means it's expensive. It's mm-hmm. like you you can use some courses, and that's that's the caliber of food that it was. 
And I was like, okay, let me see the executive chef. I felt some type of way because the money that they're making off of the technique of blacks mm-hmm. bothered me. I was like, man, you mm-hmm. you didn't took what we did and it's made a high class. And even like um oysters, like I love me some fried oysters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, oysters is now the creme de la creme, and we. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But back in the day, we. You know, that's all we had had to, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel some type of way. But, Andre, you do do make some valid points. If I was not knowledgeable and I had this desire, I saw, you know, my grandma. This is how my grandma made Mm -hmm. made the brisket. I ain't no grandma Mm -hmm. got that from uh, her great-grandma who got that from Tito the Slave. I didn't, like, I don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Tito the Slave? (laughs) so i i do see your point but like i was just like man i just wonder what would happen if that if we were able to generate that within our community that type of money and that was another thing i liked about the documentary because we got to see even though every time it was destroyed we got to see what happens when black communities are able to thrive like in philadelphia how mm, that mm-hmm. that was the free land. Like we saw these pictures. They had their furs on. They had multiple restaurants. They had multiple businesses. And they the whole community was flourishing. Yeah. But but I felt sometimes like I felt sometimes like yeah. um how do you guys feel after learning about the significant contributions of African Americans? Look, between my tears, I was like, man, I'm so, um, God, thank you for making me black. Um, and even more so specifically African. Um, I've told y'all before that I wasn't, I didn't grow up with any kind of focus on my blackness. Coming from a country where everybody's black, the, the, the separation is more tribal than it is, you know, skin color. So even growing up in America, I grew up under the narrative of being an an immigrant and not a narrative of being black. So it wasn't until, you know, going to HBCU, befriending you all, and even the the forefront uh, or the issues of racial injustice being at the forefront over the last, you know, seven to 10 years that I really started kind of wrestling and thinking through what it means to be black. Because when I step outside, I'm considered black, not Nigerian. And so I actually, in all honesty, have had a struggle really just being like pro-black, even just the statement of like, yo, I'm pro-black, I'm black, all things, black, everything. I still struggle with that because that's not how I grew up and it's not because I'm anti I don't I don't hate self or hate black people it's just I never really understood the reasoning for that and why that was and that wasn't some negative thing to be after watching this documentary you know in you know conjunction with all this other reading that I'm doing I really was just like yo I'm just proud to be black not even in a putting others down but in a seeing the beauty of a people that persevered like you were snatched from your homeland brought to a country that you didn't know any you didn't even know where you were going but there was 
not only a forethought to carry food, but there was uh, an ability in the midst of grief and confusion and all the emotions that I can't even imagine to be resilient and to literally build a nation off of your ingenuity. Like even the story, one of the parts that touched me the most was with the story in South Carolina, how the guy was just like, yeah, they were brought to the coast of South Carolina that looks very similar from the coast they were taken and how that must have tripped them out mentally. I can't imagine them thinking, oh, we're back home all to find that they're not back home and they're not tasked with basically making the impossible possible and what they were able to do with that. So it made me have a great level of pride in um, the diaspora and just encouraged me that there are going to be more narratives of the history of Black Americans and the contributions to this nation and what it would do for the people to encourage us to understand that like we didn't slavery is not the start of history for black Americans it goes far back and I hope that this is just the first step to bridging that gap between Africans and African Americans um yeah I um Lots of thoughts again, lots of thoughts, lots of feelings. I remember maybe 15 or so years ago, this was maybe around the time I was maybe like a senior high school, maybe before going to college. And I just remember really struggling with this thought of what is black culture? Like, what does that even mean? Like, Mm -hmm. what? what is that? Like, I was really, I just remember thinking people who are, oh no, this was in college. This was in college. What is black culture? Like seeing you as a Nigerian person, it's like, there is so much cultural significance that comes with that. And people who are Italian, like there's so much cultural significance that comes with it. And seeing all of these different types of people that have all of this culture that come, that they can just readily identify. And I just remember feeling like, what is black culture? Like, what does that even mean? What, what is that? Yeah. What, what does that look like? What can I point to and say, that's black culture and that's significant because of X, Y, and Z. And I understand that. And I feel a sense of ownership or pride in that. And I was reminded of when I was really struggling with that in college, when I was watching this, Mm -hmm. because in watching this, I was like, there is such an abundance to black culture. Yeah. That, I am in disbelief that I could ever even question what black culture was and to have grown up in a mostly black space and gone to a pretty much all black school, like high school, even before college to not know this just seems criminal. Like being raised around all black people like I was, I just feel like if I don't know this stuff, 
surely nobody knows. Like, <laughs> what? And it's just like, why is it? Well, I don't want to say why. That's a whole nother. <laughs> In spaces, there should be space. In education, especially, well, especially in Black communities, there should be space in education for Black people to actually learn about themselves. Absolutely. And to learn the truth about themselves. It is devastating that Black people can be highly educated and still not know these things about themselves and about their culture and about their history. And I mean, one of the quotes from the show, they said, when it comes to culture in America, there's very little that we didn't influence. Why did I not? I mean, like, why is this, why is this, why was this not known before? You know, I mean, why didn't I know this? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, and I'm not saying I just learned today that Black people influence American culture. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but the degree of the influence yeah. in the in the number of different arenas, yeah. that's not something that I knew before. And I just think about that needing to be rectified for the Black people that grow up after me. Yeah. Like it's it's not okay for someone else to be raised in a predominantly black environment and come to be a full grown adult before they learn these things about themselves and their history. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Andrea. <clears throat> well, for for those of you guys who don't know, me and Andrea grew up in the same community. Um, but I do feel like once I got to college that my level of knowledge of blackness grew to a like grew a ton but I do think there were elements that um especially in talking to like my husband who went to like this private high school and different like different experiences there were elements of blackness that we did get that other people didn't get so like under I don't even know if you remember but this may have just been my experience because we were in different classes but in our elementary school we had a black history play and so most people do the stereotypical Rosa Parks Martin Luther King etc. But my particular class, um, we did different people that I still remember to this day that people have no idea who they are. Like Sarah Boone. You guys know who Sarah Boone is? No. She created the Iron and the Ironing Board. Hmm. Gwendolyn Brooks. Uh, So like these people, Pulitzer Prize award winning poet. And so like I remember these little things and nuances and I and I'll ask other people about them and I didn't have that but but even when we got to college I was like man that only scratched the surface poor Dre yeah that is great but honestly that sounds like the individual effort and influence of a teacher mm-hmm True, 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 true. Your teacher said these little black kids gonna learn about somebody other than Harriet Tubman and MLK, so I'm gonna teach them that. But that is not the necessary space that is needed in curriculum in general for black people to learn about themselves. I agree, I agree. I agree. And hats off to Ms. Edwards. Uh Hats off to Ms. Edwards. 
for for that effort, you know, if you little Negro kids learn some stuff that they wouldn't learn somewhere else. That's true. That's but we need more. We we do need more because even in going to college, Andrea, when you took um the honors history course and even going to Dr. Daniel's class and reading yeah. the different um reading the Alice Walker poetry, reading like I was just like, Oh my god, then black lit and short stories. I was like, Oh my god, oh my goodness, we're so amazing. That was not emphasized in our curriculum and I can't say it was emphasized in our homes. I, it wasn't emphasized in my home, but it it I know that the source of it was lack of knowledge. Hmm. There was no, I had no idea how yeah. we, we in our thirties. And I'm like, what? The, the, the macaroni? The, like, it, yeah. it just blows my mind. But it's, it's, I still get upset because there's a reason that you chose your, and you chose and continue to choose to hide this information from African-Americans. Cause you guys see what's happening in Georgia. They're banned. They're, um, banning and even in tennessee the the addition of african-american mm-hmm. history in the teaching yeah. it in the school why yeah. why are they doing that it'll unravel the very fabric of this nation like it would literally unravel the fabric of this nation everything gets called into question everything yeah it's too dangerous yeah because people want quote people quote unquote want truth until truth come knocking at their door. Yeah, oh, that threatens good. whatever threatens whatever's coming up in their house that this real comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, but I'm very very proud of. After watching, I'm very very proud of being a black person. Even more proud than I have been. I've always been proud to be black because I think it's amazing. I've all the, the beauty in it, and I I love our culture. Even though I feel like I limited our culture in the beginning because I would emphasize like our church culture, our music, our expression, and I'm I'm learning that there's so much more. But my final question for you guys: What did you guys think of the series? And well, it's two parts. What's um, one part, you may have already mentioned it, so you don't have to mention again, that really stood out to you? Uh, overall, I thought it was amazing. Um, probably will rewatch it. Um, and if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Totally worth it. And what stuck out to me, um, just how beautiful black Mm. people are just in the whole fullness of that word just just beautiful so my thoughts i loved it i thought that it was very 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 good um it definitely uh made it invoked in me a sense of pride that um, I that other things have not, and so I found it to be really beneficial for me personally in that way. And also, what stood out the most to me is just how incredibly well done it was. Yeah, yeah, it was so good from beginning to end. Every element, everybody he talked to, everywhere he went, just the the level of intentionality yeah. throughout all of it. It it was it was incredibly done. It was incredibly well made, and um, yeah, like it, 
honestly, I'm like, I want to own this. Mm -hmm. Like, I want this to be something that I have that my children can watch that. It, it was just very well done. It was very, very, very well done. And if you have not watched it, I would definitely encourage you to. It it well surpassed my expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. I, I think it was amazing. I would definitely watch it again. I definitely want to own it. Um, one thing that stood out to me that I really enjoyed was uh, the generational aspect that they were able to capture. We got to see, even from the author of High on, on the Hog, the book, Dr. Jessica, we, she, we start out with her and then mm-hmm. uh, the uncle of the, the girl in North Carolina, yeah. the grandfather. I love how they emphasize family because yeah. it was the major thing that was attacked in slavery. Yeah. So I'm hoping that with our generation and the generations to come, that we're able to pass this down from generation to generation, not just our recipes, but the history, the influence of Black. And see how it perpetuates our perception of ourselves in the future. So, yeah, y'all need to watch that. It's amazing. Any last thoughts from you ladies? Yeah, I'm trying to go to Gullah Gullah Island. St. Helena Island. As soon as they got on there talk about it, I looked it up. I done looked up tickets to go. No, watching this literally, I was like, I want to go on like a black food yes. tour of America. Oh my yes. God, that would be so fun. Yes. Like, I want to go to all of these places. I want to experience these things. I want to see this and see it with new eyes and fresh perspective after having watched this. Like, I want that to be a thing and I would like to participate. Yes, I agree. 100%. We should totally do that. Y'all got to hold us accountable so we can (laughs) give y'all some content (laughs) of us trying different black foods. Like, everywhere we go, we need to... Look what look up the black foods and the black oh restaurants God. and go and support and yeah, document Yeah. All right. Well, y'all go catch high on the hog. Let us know your thoughts, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Cookie, come back. We miss you. <laughs>